for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, it is the 9 o'clock hour, open line hour. If you have a question about your home, castle, or cabin, you can call in at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. Email can be sent to info at rosieonthehouse.com. You can also text questions during the broadcast to 411923. That's during broadcast only. That's not one that we monitor outside of the broadcast, but in real time you can reach us there as well. Those are the three ways, email, phone, or text. It's your hour. What do you want to talk about around your home, castle, or cabin? Uh, I think we've got to at least address water. Why? we got plenty of it now. We did. How, how, what do you think that water's done for our reservoirs? I, I don't know, but I heard Jennifer talking about our drive to Payson last Saturday after the show, and every slightest little depression in the desert, we either had a standing water or running water, and the green grass is like a continuous carpet. The, the quail out there are just in hog heaven. It's fun to see that because we don't get to see that often. In fact, the snowpack is four times what it was last year. And Great. The, the water runoff from last year was 100,000 acre square feet between January 1st and May 1st. Well, that rain last week yeah. already put us at 108,000 oh, wow. feet of runoff in just two days. And it's expected to fill all of our reservoirs by at least 75% with the snow melt-off. You know, we can get that much rain, but it all flows downhill. There's only so much that that's going to do for us because we're still using that water between now and we'll continue. You know, it may have filled up, but we had the Trace Rios Festival. Yeah. was even saying by Wednesday it was back to... Back to normal flowing. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a long, gradual snow melt that really makes a long term difference and impact uh, on keeping those because you know, all that rain that fell, it's already gone. Well, the great thing about this winter rain that we've had over and over and over again is it's not a pounding hard rain. It's it's soft and it's already falling on saturated soil. So I mean, it's just like this giant sponge just soaking it all up. I uh, thought you were going to say it's the fact that Snowball is already 18 inches over its annual fall of 260 oh, inches, uh, and there's still two months left of skiing. <laughs> yeah, isn't that awesome? But that's not what you were going to say. <laughs> well, in watching the news one night this week, they showed a map of the drought state of Arizona in the summer of 2018, and virtually the whole state was red. Because if you remember, we had next to no monsoon in 2017, and we went like from August 2017 to May of 2018, almost nine months with no rain. And uh, boy, it was dry as a bone. 
And then December, October was the wettest October, 2018, was the wettest October on record. And now there's only one little corner of this state up by four corners that is under uh, drought stress condition. The rest of the state's pretty well. But the water people would tell you we're always in a drought, right? <laughs> well, and to that extent, Pinal County, they're having a little bit of trouble. 139,000 home permits may not get uh, approved because of the inability to show a 100-year water storage for underground water. You know, no matter what, those, those are false. I don't know that there's any one of those that's accurate because you can't plan for 100 years in the future. Do you think, what are we in, 19, this is 19? Do you think in 1919, World War I ended, when they were having to prove, if they had to prove 100-year water storage, that they ever would have said Arizona would have 8 million people in 100 years? Well— so there's, it's not that they may not have intended to be false, but there's no way they can predict how many people will be here. They can't guarantee that ground storage for 100 years. Well, don't get me started on that. <laughs> have, you, have you ever read one of those reports? I ought to go down to the courthouse and ask for copies and let you read one or two. It gets pretty comical. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, another issue with water is, is the wastewater. We, it, actually gets repurposed often. In fact, Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant, all of their water comes from city reclamation. And there was a campaign that the surprise West Valley is putting on called Be Gross. <laughs> Be a guardian regarding our sewer systems because so many things are getting flushed down into the sewer system that shouldn't be there. It's clogging equipment. It's costing more to reclaim the water. The equipment for water reclamation isn't something you just go down to Ace Hardware and pick up. You know, these are these right. are machines that have to be, you know, there's very limited amount of supply. So when they break down, uh, getting them back up and operating are very costly. And it's costing taxpayers a ton of money just based on what they're throwing away uh, down the, you know, flushing money down the toilet. Really, you're literally flushing money down the toilet if you're putting anything in there that's not supposed to be. They're talking uh, baby diapers, and you know they've got disposable wipes. Well, just because it's or flushable wipes, just because it's flushable doesn't mean it's disposable, and that's a big issue. So I'm taking the task on that recommendation a lot. Don't flush handy wipes mm-hmm. down the toilet. And people will tell me, oh, I've done that for 20 years. Yeah, okay, all right. I think, I think somebody in the office, Gary, was it you, circulated a, a notice that there's a class action lawsuit? Yeah, class, a- <laughs> class action lawsuit. Against, against, against moist wipes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Charmin, and I cannot remember the name of the actual product. And this came from uh, Joe Ducey at ABC 15. Uh-huh. Uh, again, class action lawsuit. <clears throat> you can get money back. But they're not claiming responsibility. So, um, uh, flushable wipes. Uh, any, any, I stopped using them a while back. Any plumber will tell you, flushable wipes, Q-tips, and Kleenex are the three worst things you can flush down a toilet. 
Well, not to mention expired drugs. I guess that's a big problem too. Yeah. Don't don't drop your prescriptions down there. But be gross. Be a guardian regarding our sewer system. That water is reclaimed, repurposed, reused. We've got a finite amount of resources, and if they can't accomplish that with reclaimed water, well, that could put a strain on the fresh water uh, off of the CAP or, or other ground pumping if they can't adequately use uh, the, the wastewater. You want to know one of the home-building pioneers that you owe thanks to for spearheading the use of reclaimed water? Tell me. John F. Long. Oh. In the 60s and 70s, he was saying, we've got to quit watering these golf courses with fresh, pure, potable water. We've got to go to reclaim. And he spearheaded the effort to get Arizona active in using reclaimed water. John F. Long, a true building pioneer. And a lot of his masonry homes are still in great condition. They're in better condition than a lot of silly sticks and stuccos that came up after that. John F. Long built a good home. Solid bones. So, well, I know you uh, had been keeping an eye on a lot of the legislation revolving around, was it 126 or 127 proposition that had to do with solar uh, and coming into... That was uh, B.C., before the crash? Before the crash. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I remember asking, do you want all these articles? And he said, did it pass? I said, no. And he's like, ah, throw them away. <laughs> well, part of all of that, there was a, a an issue that's going back into uh, the, the Corporation Commission's pushing for a little bit of light on how the campaign financing for all of these are getting funded. Oh, so that that they had tried to get somewhere with that earlier and didn't, and it's come back to surface again. Because I, we went out to nuclear power plant, amazing facility. Oh man, uh, wasn't that a great tour? Yeah, that was an incredible tour. And I'm not one that uh, so many people complain. I'm like, you know what? You, you want to hear complaining? Turn your power off and make it through a summer. Then you'll hear complaining. That's right. That's you know, right. for a few hundred bucks a month to, to keep a comfort home just for the quality of life. I, I really can't find a lot to complain about that. What gets under my crawl and what I was kind of happy to see going here is when you hear an advertisement for specific individuals that they want hired to the board and they say paid for by Pinnacle West. Well, how many people know that that's who owns APS? So it's, it's a utility company telling you who they want on the corporation commission without telling you this is who APS wants on. The dad, I'm kind of like, come on. You know you're being a little sleazy there. <laughs> so they're they're getting taken to task a little bit. But uh, but that, that's an easy thing to solve. Uh, you know, just it's, it, it's, it's a, a commodity that, pay, that you shouldn't have to have that kind of um, – what do you call it? Dirty politics tied <laughs> to it. it. So, well, we've got Steve on the line and an open line for you at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. We were expecting to hear from our promotions uh, team down at the Tucson Book Festival. It's it's a live event, so there's always a lot going on there. I'm sure we'll we'll touch base with them here shortly. But that opens up here, I think, at ten o'clock. So, it's a short while, and you know who'll be down there is the author of Arizona's 
deadliest gunfight. We had we oh, interviewed yes. Heidi Ostelier yes. a couple weeks ago. She's down there with her book today, along with three hundred uh, three hundred and fifty other authors. If uh, and I know you have a love for books. We were down oh, there gosh. live last year. It's a great event. If you're trying to encourage a youngster to read, it's a great environment oh. to get them excited, engaged, and it is a handful of uh, new adventure books to expand mind and imagination. We've got Steve on the line. He has a great question. A contractor's due to his house in a few minutes, and he wants to know what questions to ask. So we're going to bring him on the line. But it is also the 920 break, and Rosie's here to help keep me on track to not blow over our promotions. We do have two Arizona State Park passes, good for any of one of Arizona's 35 state parks, including Roper Lake. I bet that's pretty down south of Thatcher. You want to talk about a great place to go see some wildflowers. Man, that that one, and there's a... Dankwood Pond is nearby there, too. So you got two great state parks and a beautiful era, part of Arizona very few people get to. So uh, the trivia question that was posed in our weekly email newsletter that went out Thursday is, where was the photo taken in our March 2019 home maintenance calendar? We have a photo contest that listeners can listen to and send us wildlife or landscape photos and we you the listening audience votes on those and we put them into the month that's most appropriate for them where was march's photo taken you can see that in our 2019 home maintenance calendar text that answer to 411923 and we'll pick a random right winner during bottom of the hour news let's get to steve and see how we can help him before uh said contractor shows up steve tell us about the projects you're looking to get done Good morning, fellas. I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller, but <clears throat> my wife wants to fill in a sunken living room that we have, and I'm I'm taking a stab on this and figuring Rosie's done a number of these in his career. But here are my questions. If we're going to fill that in, what I know about filling in with, with it, we'd be using concrete is you got to keep the concrete moist enough so that it dries and cures appropriately and it doesn't crack. So how is a contractor going to do that inside my house when I've got a, a couple of walls that uh, um, have, uh, uh, you know, wallboard on them, and I've got one wall that's a sliding uh, window, a sliding door out to the backyard? Tell me what I would need to be asking this kind of contractor to make sure I know what I'm doing here. And the sliding door is down at the lower floor level? Correct, yes. Well, that'll be your biggest challenge. As far as keeping the moisture off the sheetrock and all of that, that won't be a problem. And you are right. We do want to do that in concrete. Some people will do it in uh, what we call sleeper floor joists, but that's a terrible place to put wood down there below grade. Makes a condition conducive for termite infestation. So what you're going to want to do don't worry about the moisture. It doesn't have any place to go except stay in the concrete. It can't leach through to the ground through the ABC fill like it would if you were pouring a driveway or a new slab. It's going to have all the moisture it needs. About the only but Rosie, but Rosie, I thought you had to keep putting water on that concrete not, while it was curing. Not when it's sitting in a hole inside your house. And I don't okay. water concrete I pour at all anymore. It's a trick I learned from Excalibur Concrete, but instead of spraying it, because he was saying, especially as the warmer times of the years, 
you could be shocking the concrete by introducing cold water onto yeah. it, even if you waited a couple hours, because as it's hydrating, it creates heat. All they do is they tarp it, and that tarp keeps yeah. the moisture locked in, so it has a real nice slow gradual. And okay. when you see a concrete slab that's tarped versus one that was sprayed or one that wasn't doing anything at all, I mean, it it sells you right there. That's the way to do it. Now, Steve, sometimes when you're coming up to the existing raised floor elevation, the concrete as it hydrates will want to create a curled lip right there. And you may have to get in there and just grind that down depending on what floor covering you're going to put back when you're completely done. But that's perfectly acceptable. Your concrete isn't going to be exposed to direct sunlight. It's the most harmful thing to concrete is a warm breeze, a warm, dry breeze sucking the moisture off the surface. You're not going to be exposed to that. You're going to be fine. We like to pour well, the, we like to pour well, the concrete at about 3,000 PSI, which is more than most guys like it. So you have to ask for that. And you don't want them to pour it at any more than a 6-inch slump. And you get 3,000 PSI, 6-inch slump, and concrete pin it to the raised slabs. It's going to be there till the cows come home. Uh huh. You know, about that, that warm breeze, though, that may be a problem because my wife says I, every time I talk, I talk with a lot of hot <laughs> air. Well, <laughs> t- take a road trip while they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you originally said my, my biggest problem will be the sliding door that's down at grade level now. W- what did you mean by that? Well, those are standard 80 inches high. And you're either going to have to get in there and raise the header and reset it at the new floor height, um, which is what I'd recommend, because you're not going to want to, you know, you're probably at about a four and a half or six inch step, and you're you're not going to want to go to a 74 inch door, patio door, (laughs) custom made, uh, weird size, you know, you're going to have to raise that header and get that door back up at the right height so we appreciate the call i wish everybody would call before the contract <laughs> right <laughs> that would make it a lot easier oh, than the ones man. i should have called ahead of time but now i've got this problem and i'm stuck problems are a lot easier to solve before they're created than afterwards that's for sure it's rosie on the house Sounds like we got Miss Susie Q on the line joining us from the Tucson Festival of Books out there on site in our Rosie on the House Anderson Ford Promotional Transit. Uh, our goal is to have it somewhere on site, somewhere throughout the state of Arizona on any given weekend. Sounds like quite a crowd already. Yeah, the festival opened at Officially at 9.30, but uh, there have been people here all morning. So uh, it's going on through 5.30 today, and it's also tomorrow, 9.30 to 5.30. Um, our booth, we're at 4.19. We are on University and Cherry, um, the south side facing the U of A library. And you've got a special guest here there with you right now in the booth? 
Yes, I'm here with uh, Chris Kopek. He is the operations uh, facilities manager for the university, assistant operations manager for the facility of University of Arizona, and he's on the steering committee uh, for the Festival of Books. And it's important to, to note that the Festival of Books is at the Arizona, the U of A campus, because there's not a lot of other places in Tucson, if any, other than the Civic Center, that could accommodate the needs of the hundreds of thousands of people you expect through this weekend. Well, I'll tell you, we got 150,000 uh, people we're expecting here over the next two days. Wow. And so as our assistant uh, vice president of facilities at the University of Arizona and co-chair of our operations, it just takes a great committee that works. Literally, after this one is done, we will have the group getting together and getting ready for the next one in 2020. And so for our authors, our exhibitors, we have 400 authors here, uh, over uh, 17 stages set up, entertainment throughout the two days. And if you're hungry, you can come here and get some tri-tip over at uh, Blue Banjo and other great vendors that we have. Wonderful. And it's probably hard to isolate one favorite author or one favorite book, but do you have a couple highlight authors or, or books for us that are being previewed this weekend? Well, I'll tell you, as busy as we get, I think I've been to a one author setting <laughs> uh, through my 11 years here, but we got great authors here. We got Ed, Ed Asner here. Uh, he was at our, uh, our dinner last night, the big kickoff, along with a bunch of other uh, great authors who, uh, you name it, uh, we have the different type of venues here. Uh, something for everyone. A lot of kids' events as well. It's designed to be a family event. Yeah, we're actually near the family area, so we are just west of uh, the circus area and the big teen and uh, children's activity. Um, and speaking of Ed Asner, I'm really geeked out to go uh, see his talk, and I mentioned it to my uh, promotions partner in crime, Lance, and they said, Ed Asner's coming, and he didn't know who that was until I said Mr. Frederickson from Up. Although I know him from being Lou Grant. Of course. Yeah. I was <laughs> Lou Grant for crying out loud. And that's how I remember him, too. So, But he was great enough also. Well, that's going on today uh, at and tomorrow. How late are y'all open? You know, we're going to be open until uh, 9, uh, 9.30 to uh, 5.30, uh, both days. And have plenty of accommodations, plenty of events, plenty of venues. Is there a cost to park? Is there a cost to attend? Uh, there's no cost to park at all. Or, excuse me, no cost to uh, attend event. The garage is round, only costs $5. There's perimeter parking that's free. And, again, like I said, there's about 150,000 people will show up over the next two days. Weather down in Tucson is just beautiful. It's supposed to be in the upper 70s. No rain forecasted. You can already smell the cinnamon uh, nuts uh, on the corner here uh, along with the dog. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to just a great, great event. We sure appreciate uh, Rosie and everybody uh, taking time to talk to us. Well, it's our pleasure, and this is one we had actually had kind of on our radar for a couple of years just because Rosie's love of books and love of reading. Uh, he got the, all the family. Uh, uh, he taught us all to be lovers, to read. And y'all have a good good system in that you only allow vendor or you know authors to show up and we could never get our columns that we write for the paper approved but y'all approved our home maintenance calendar that we put together so we were glad that we finally met the credentials to be part of your event yeah you know Romy we're also next to right next to Arizona highways and we have state park passes so uh, folks can come up to booth ask for a state park pass and a calendar well, Jennifer wouldn't let me go this year she said, look, you can't go back to Tucson Festival of Books until you read half the books you bought last year. Don't feel rosy. I haven't read mine either. We, we came home with a couple armloads, that's for sure. 
Well, I'll tell you, we are right across from the Western Park exhibit. It's one of our largest ones here, and there's probably about uh, eight different tents in that area. So it's just really highlighting the great things here in Arizona. Wonderful. Well, Chris Kopech, thanks for taking a few minutes to share your event with our listeners today. And uh, you've got plenty of time, no matter where in the great state of Arizona you're listening to, to get down there today. It's only you know 940. Uh, there's nowhere in the state that in this listening yeah. reach you couldn't be there by 1 or 2 o'clock and have a couple hours. You could even stay or plan to attend tomorrow. If you if your, your nightstand is missing a reading book, oh. they can help you. Or yeah. gifts. I mean, and it's I'll great have, for gifts. And I'll, have to, and I'll have to say, too, when you're looking at authors from Tracy Smiles to Hampton Sides, Jeffrey Seeger, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, come down here. You'll find somebody you'll love listening to. And get your book signed. And, uh, yeah. And and I think Rosie will appreciate this. Ask Ed Asner about the Cajun sage that he played in a movie called Christmas on the Bayou. It was a <laughs> lifetime Christmas movie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'll track him down. I'll run him down. Ed, Ed. He'll be up in our North Ballroom at 1 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> All right. Well, Lance, you cover for Susan while she goes and checks that out. That is a, that is a fantastic event. Well, let's get back to our callers, and we do have our weekly home maintenance how-to we'll cover as well, but we want to see how we can help Rick and Mesa first at one 767 That's one 888 for you. Rick? Yes, uh, Rosie, uh, I'd be glad when you get your voice back because uh, you and uh, Romy sound the same, but uh, <laughs> you sound like him lately. So I do appreciate that when you get your voice back. Anyway, um, I have uh, I stuck on my house two years ago, and I know that this um, winter we had a cold winter, but I noticed that the house is colder than when I had just a siding on there. Is that normal? Well, your home is a, a framed home that was wood sided. It's a manufactured home, uh, Rosie. Oh, okay, okay. And so when you plastered it, did you stretch stretch the lath? right over the siding or did you put like one inch urethane foam on first yes sir the the uh the foam i had it done yeah they put the foam yeah. uh the paper the foam and then the chicken wire and then the yeah the uh texture huh well it sounds like they did it right and that that is going to give you some thermal stability whether it's going it's going to make it cooler in the summer as well but yeah it probably will make it a little bit cooler it ought to make whatever you're trying to do inside much more consistent than it was prior to you installing the western one coat oh i see okay romy then i mean i homie um uh, rosie thank you for your for your uh for your uh help on that okay yeah you ought to you ought to did you when they did that did you uh did you have the opportunity to upgrade the windows as well Yes, sir. Uh, before I moved in, they put the dual pane windows, oh, you're... all new windows, all the way around. Oh, yeah. And what vintage is your manufactured home? You mean the year room? Yeah. It's uh, like a, a 90. Okay. Well, with the new uh, efficient windows and the Western One Coat insulating outsulation stucco, you're going to be in good shape. Okay. And I do have uh, solar screens all the way around the house, too. Oh, so. yeah. You, yeah. Your your home will be considerably more comfortable than it was. Okay, sir. Okay, uh, thank you very much. All right, Rick. Thank you. We now, 
I'm anxious for my voice to come back, too. So Joe <laughs> called. Joe. Just one of your listeners. And he said, Jennifer, is that your husband on the air? <laughs> I said, yes, that's Rosie. He said, well, I couldn't recognize him, but he sounded, you know, like the right kind of information. So, yes, this is Rosie back on the radio. And, no, you do not sound like Romy. <laughs> uh, no, I think he was teasing. Um, I think good. Was... <laughs> I thought for a minute he called you homie. <laughs> he did at the end. Uh, What's up, homie? Uh, <laughs> I got yeah. that a lot in high school. I'm Jennifer's first husband. <laughs> One and only, baby. <laughs> and when it comes to manufactured homes, I know this home has already been stuccoed in that case, but a lot of people do look for siding alternatives, and I always try and direct them away from stucco. I'm much more <laughs> of a fan of the long, of a of a longer term solution that doesn't require having to repaint and repaint and repaint. There are so many different varieties of brick veneers that you can put on the exterior of that that's going to yeah. add, a, add a little bit more structural support to it. You could brick veneer all the way to the top and make it look like it was a home that was completely built in brick, or you can do it halfway and do the ranch-style look that's a really, really good traditional Arizona look. Um, so for anyone else listening that might be in a manufactured home that's looking for something other There's good than options. just your T111 siding, before you go stucco, spend some time at a Marvell, spend some time at um, any of the, the Old Castle uh, plant, and just look at the options that they have in the veneer siding because uh, y- you don't even have to stick to one siding for the entire uh, ex- parameter. A lot of times you've got built-in columns. You could do that in a different masonry than the, than the sheet siding. And there's some really handsome looks that you can accomplish out there that would not create something that you have to paint and maintain and repair cracks and caulk and get elastomeric over, you know, the next 20, 30, 40 years. You could do a brick siding and be done for that entire time. (laughs) Absolutely. And I was in the stucco business for, uh, well, the whole time I was in college, uh, which was a long time. (laughs) 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 I thought I'd never get out. Uh, but I avoid stucco at every chance I get. Uh, it's great for what it is, but it is what it is. <laughs> and if it's going on to a structural masonry wall, it's a lot better than if you're trying to apply it to a wall that was framed with wood that warps and cracks and twists that you've got you know, foam and chicken wire. Putting it onto a, a masonry surface has a lot longer life on it. But anyway. All right, we're going to go back on site at the Tucson Book Festival, but not to talk books. Jacob, listener, stopped by the Rosie on the House booth and Susan's got him online to ask a question about his painting project. Jacob, good morning, sir. How can we help you? Good morning. Yeah, I've got wooden fascia on my old adobe house that is peeling, and it's got kind of ridges from the wood. And my plan is to sand it, but my question is, after sanding it, would it be best to go with a latex-based or oil-based primer? (laughs) Generally speaking, I tell people just stick with the... The water base, the latex base. Um, okay. Now, if you're going back to bare wood, have you considered oiling it instead of painting it out of curiosity? 
I have not considered that. What kind of oil would I need to use? Well, a good penetrating oil for wood, we have found as a... Here's what will happen. The next time you need to apply product to your wood, you're not going to have to do all the sanding and scraping back down to bare wood to start over with a primer and then paint. You just add more sealer. You add more sealer. You add more sealer. And that absorbs and helps keep the wood hydrated instead of drying out and cracking. So if we're going to go back to bare wood, if it's a wood that, you know, not all wood is made to be a decorative finish. Right. <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a two by four stud and it's got, you know, the manufacturer stamp on it and all kind of markings and carpenter pencils, well, yeah, I'd probably tell you to paint over the top. But if it's good enough to be the finish by itself, I'd, I'd tell you consider an oil. That's not a bad idea. I'll have to consider that. And I know in a authentic adobe, the wood look, you know, is probably something that would in go with the look in general but i tell you what generally speaking if someone strips their fascia sands it and preps it they've pretty well decided by the end of that project they're never going to do it again <laughs> the, the other thing you might consider is is clad it and just cover it so it's done forever do a do a good uh exterior wood primer and then just clad the thing and be done with it and what he's talking about clad is there's a company actually in tucson called saw design and fiberglass and they make uh cladding out of fiberglass that looks like wood but it covers and protects your wood so the sun doesn't break it down and whatever color you want it uh you know he'll he'll get it it looks like wood it, it really does you can go to his website you can find him under uh vega tales and our certified partner but it's also fi uh, fiber glass and every single picture that you're looking at on his website is the fiberglass covering and if you didn't know that you were looking at it you would think you were looking at wood so right. there's a the longest term solution we can offer you there you know okay it, it used to be in uh in the 60s and 70s, when we were building semi-custom and custom homes, we would order all heart redwood in as long a length as we could get just for the fascia. And then we would oil prime it and paint it. And you would get at least three times the life out of that fascia board than you would just S1, S2E dug fur. But then redwood got so expensive... Uh, we went. We reverted back to S1, S2E, and and more maintenance. <laughs> now but I'm a big believer, and you will be too. After you scrape, and sand, and bondo fill, and putty fill, your fascia, you'll be a big fan on cladding it. And Stephen, although he is east of Tucson, close to the Vale area, north of Vale, tucked way back in against the mountains. Um, he will travel anywhere. Yeah. He, he, he's a he's statewide. Done he's done jobs in Scottsdale. Yeah. If you've got exposed wooden vegas, exposed wooden headers, exposed wood trim that you would like to end the maintenance hassle of, get it cladded with a, with a fiberglass cladding. And, and all the water penetration problems. And, and this is one of those funny cases where we've known about Stephen for a while. Um, but it was a new service, so there was. 
Government red tape. <laughs> we didn't know what kind of ROC license, and uh, it was so new they had to make a license for it, or were we going to accept them for this one? So the, the paperwork and getting everything together and be, uh, working outside of the handyman exemptions, it, it, it took a little while to get it all put together, but he's endured. He's here. Uh, he's part of Rosie on the House Certified Partner Network. If you go, you can find him under Vega Tales. It's called Saw design fiberglass vegas and that saw is kind of like what 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 is that it's not very descriptive it's a you know part of his initials for his name so it's saw design and fiberglass vegas it's a great solution if you're looking for a solution to avoid wood exterior maintenance